Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday. number of things to get to here. I want to start off by describing what is called the World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty and what this is and what this might mean. Uh, it is a globalist plan, and it is not a good one. It'll be interesting to see again if something like this actually occurs. We know that they're planning for things like this. Uh, I even have a, a piece of audio from them directly describing it and how they're painting it as a rosy picture for everybody. But as we know, it's far from it. Um, the theme of education, of course, runs right through this as well and what that would mean for American schools, American universities. We've already seen it, of course, take place within the last two years. And how all of those institutions just fell right in step with one another and copycatted one another and did exactly what their masters wanted them to do. And then, of course, they forced it on countless people. But I'm going to go through that here right at the beginning. I also want to get to how the fake Biden administration has now apparently announced their creation of a disinformation governance board through Homeland Security. Uh, this is nuts too, and of course that has an education twist to it as well, and how it's very likely that K-12 administrators and certainly university administrators would view something like this as another opportunity to again push through any of their false information that they want and squash freedom of speech, again under the guise of it being quote-unquote disinformation. And then I want to wrap up with just a couple of stories here, more jab-injured individuals, uh, and the jab is not being mentioned. Not to mention, I have a bit of a theory here, and it's been a theory that's been tossed my way even on Gab, and I, I'm, I'm starting to agree with it. I, I think that a lot of these quote-unquote college suicides are in fact jab-related. The individual may be found by themselves, alone, unresponsive. And then the college is immediately calling it a suicide before a coroner even makes a determination or an autopsy is done. Um, even the families are saying, well, it was a suicide. And then, of course, the news outlet will push out, you know, don't forget to talk to people. And here's all the suicide phone numbers and all of the literature and X, Y, Z. And if you're struggling, get help. This most recent suicide here of a particular college student, a softball player, um, doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up. But first, I want to get to this World Health Organization treaty here. Um, even the Gateway Pundit put this out. And again, this was one of those things that's been bouncing around for a number of months in the form of memes and, you know, some sort of underground literature. But now, again, it's sort of hit the mainstream to some extent. And again, if, it's, if it hit the Gateway Pundit, that should tell you something. I'm not the biggest fan of the Gateway Pundit. Some of the things that they push are not real. But uh, given the fact that I saw this on a bunch of memes first and that there are actual dates laid out for the WHO actually meeting to make determinations on this uh, pandemic treaty, sort of, again, the one world government, we can, we, we can falsify a pandemic and then make everybody do a particular thing. Again, take an injection lock yourself in your home, whatever it is. I, of course, will not be complying, and I highly recommend that others don't either. But um, 
here are just some of the quick bullet points. Then I want to get into some of the more specifics. Again, this says one world government, the WHO pandemic treaty spells the end for democracy. Only two thirds of nations need to agree to ram through this treaty while placing sanctions on dissenting countries. The WHO constitution would also supersede national constitutions. Now, I don't know who makes that determination. But again, that's the entire charade, I think, and the entire hoax of politicians. All of the politicians in our country are getting paid. And again, they're getting paid from all of these other entities to just push through all of their plans, whether it be, again, through businesses or through education or whatever it may be. So it says this, uh, it says their new overarching powers would include, one, the WHO would reserve the right to decide what constitutes a pandemic and have already changed the definition of the term. It could be the flu. Number two, the treaty gives the WHO the power to name the new disease, decide what quarantine measures are needed on a global scale. Now, again, just within those first two points, we've already seen that over the last two years, have we not? They changed the definition of what a vaccine was in Webster's Dictionary back in March of 2020 to include the mRNA shots. So the definition has been changed. The word manipulation is already out there. Then, of course, over the course of the last two years, we saw the development of all of those quarantine camps. Why would they build all of those if they weren't planning on using them? Why would they build all of them? I mean, would they build all of them, leave them empty as just a scare tactic? Or, or again, are they planning on using them? You know, th those quarantine camps, quote unquote, are things that not only were used, but they're still building them. Again, there's endless video of people staying inside of them and people driving past them, and they exist in numerous countries. Uh, the UK, certainly. Canada, I believe in Washington state as well, if not countless other places. So that's, uh, that's something that we can't forget here. Point three says the WHO would control over who would have control over who gets to develop the new treatments and decide whether they're safe. Again, have we learned nothing? I, I, I can't actually believe that they think that they're going to get away with this and that we are actually going to comply and follow. Yes, there will be those who do, but the rushed program here to depopulate over the last two years, I think, has woken up enough people, including the jabbed. But there have been numerous uh, interactions that people have had with the double and triple jabbed, and they aren't figuring it out. Like the Costco guy, for example. I mean, many people saw that video online. Guy in Costco holding up the uh, the pepper spray, you know, to the to, to the Costco employees, saying, "Get away from me!" You know, you're not wearing a mask. You're putting my life in danger. You know, I blame Costco for for that guy's mental health as well. Costco is to blame too. If you recall, again, you couldn't get into a Costco or anywhere for that matter if you weren't masked up. Um, you know, stepping on the stickers and, and, and complying with every single rule, standing in line before you even walked in the front door. You know, those businesses are responsible for that guy's frame of mind. So, of course, is the media, and then, of course, he has himself to blame, but we're talking about massive brainwashing here. So, would, would something like this, if it were to actually go through and actually be implemented, would the WHO be able to scoop up enough 
unbrainwashed people in order to make this effective or not. You know, I don't know about that. Again, we have guns here in the United States, and we fully intend on using them. If they actually got to the point where they were going door to door or squeezing us in other ways and weren't allowing us to live our lives, just go to the words of, the four, of our forefathers and what they said. It's pretty, I mean, it's crystal clear as to what our next duty uh, actually entails. The question again then becomes, who's going to have the stones to actually do it? I mean, that's a separate level of organization. You saw a lot of people organize at school board meetings. You saw a lot of people organize at city council meetings. You know, there, there might be another level of organization that needs to take place, but I think time's going to tell on that one. The fourth por- uh, point here from the WHO treaty, so to speak, says they would be given the authority to determine who gets quarantined and locked down. Good luck with that one. Uh, and again, number five, the WHO would decide over vaccine mandates for each country. This again, this is this is your new world order. This is the one world government right here, without a doubt. Uh, let me read this then. This is again kind of the another bullet pointed list, so to speak, but it, it lays it out also in particular the dates. It says the World Health Organization is attempting a power grab. Number one says, most people have never heard of the International Health Regulations, IHR. The United States agreed to the IHR in 2005. These regulations override and supersede the U.S. Constitution. Number two, on January 18th of 2022, the United States submitted a number of amendments to the IHR that served to give away even more of our sovereignty and greatly empower the World Health Organization to restrict your health-related rights and freedoms. Number three, the, 70, the 75th meeting of the World Health Assembly will be held in Geneva, Switzerland this May, the 22nd through the 28th of 2022. The Assembly will vote on the amendments to the IHR. They are very likely to pass and be enacted into international law unless we the people stand up against this attack on our sovereignty. Number four. These amendments to the international health regulations do not need to be approved by two-thirds of the U.S. Senate. We have already agreed to obey the IHR by virtue of our membership in the United Nations and the WHO. We have already given away some of our sovereignty. These amendments are designed to confuse the the member nations into giving away even more of their sovereignty. Number five. In addition to the proposed amendments to the IHR, the WHO has also set up an intergovernmental negotiating body, the INB, that is actively negotiating an international treaty on pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response, quote-unquote. The proposed pandemic treaty, quote-unquote, is separate from and in addition to the proposed amendments to the international health regulations mentioned above. Number six, the pandemic treaty does not yet exist. It is being drafted and negotiated right now. Discussions regarding the pandemic treaty are important, but they are also part of the sophisticated diversion to confuse people and get them to ignore the immediate concern, which is the amendments to the IHR being considered by the World Health Assembly this May on the 22nd through the 28th. The time to speak out and stand up for your rights is now. Don't you dare.info. Here's the thing with all of this. There's nowhere that you can go 
to explain this to anyone within local government to get them to understand this. I have been over this time and time again on on this particular show, and I've said, look, I've gone to the county sheriff's office. I've talked with county prosecutors. I've talked with these people and, and just basically listened to them. And that's really all you have to do. You introduce yourself, you, you, you tell them what your concern is, and then they just start talking. And you just sit back and you listen to how little they actually know. Again, take all of the jab stuff, all of the mask wearing of children, all that child abuse that took place, all of it. They would say sovereign immunity is what school board members have and uh, and city council have, city council members have. If you were to take something like this to them and say, uh, "This is coming down the line here, and you need to be aware of this, and this is not good," they would look at you like you're a crazy person because they were looking at us like we were crazy people. When we were saying the masks do nothing, these shots are killing people and are poisonous. And now, oh, oh, by the way, the World Health Organization wants to take over all of government in every country and punish those who don't follow along. Again, who are they going to take that to? This is why the entire, the entire ladder, the entire thing is completely corrupt. From top, to, from top to bottom. And it's not just corrupt from a policy standpoint. It's corrupt from a full-blown brainwashing standpoint. You have endless individuals that have no idea what's going on, which is why it's so easy for these kinds of policies to work its way right through a small town or a, or a small city, because endless people will believe it. The jabbed will be the first to believe it. They believed the World Health Organization and the CDC from day one. What makes anyone believe that they're not going to just drink this in and say, well, yes, you know, our our government masters want us to do this and they're the experts. And that word will roll itself out all over again. Expert, expert, expert. Well, they're the experts. And then, of course, people like us. They'll look at us and say, well, are you a medical doctor? Are you talking with these people? How do you know? And therein lies the division that ultimately becomes the distraction. Because again, these brainwashed people are the ones who hold political office. They just are. The people who are awake are not in political office. We're walking around, jumping on mountaintops and telling people, hey, look, this stuff is coming. This is a big deal. But I got to tell you, this is, this is another example of why self-governance is going to be a life-saving strategy going forward here. Imagine having your children, again, in a school of any kind, public, private, charter, K through university, when something like this rolls itself out. This is why they would push it through into every single school, and then before you know it, countless schools would start adopting different shots and different measures, and those measures would become permanent. I mean, this is frightening stuff, but I don't think by any stretch this is fiction. This is legit, and I want to play some audio right now. 
This is the actual World Health Organization describing this. And as you would expect, they're describing it as a utopia of thought and forethought going forward in today's world. So here's that audio in three, two, one. The COVID-19 pandemic is one of the biggest challenges we are facing. It's been a stark and painful reminder that nobody is safe until everyone is safe. There will be other pandemics and other major health emergencies. No single government or multilateral agency can address this threat alone. Together, we must be better prepared to predict, prevent, detect, assess, and effectively respond to pandemics in a highly coordinated fashion. The 194 member states of the World Health Organization resolve to work together towards a new international instrument for pandemic preparedness and response. This renewed collective commitment is a milestone in stepping up pandemic preparedness at the highest political level. Such an agreement rooted in the World Health Organization Constitution could strengthen existing international health instruments, especially the international health regulations, and provide a firm and test foundation on which we can build and improve. The agreement also has the potential to foster an all-of-government and all-of-society approach, strengthening national, regional, and global capacities and resilience to future pandemics. This could include greatly enhancing international cooperation to improve alert systems, data sharing, research, and local, regional, and global production and distribution of medical public health countermeasures such as vaccines, diagnostics, and personal protective equipment. The agreement could also recognize the one health approach that connects the health of humans, animals, and our planet. To achieve this, WHO will support its member states in their work and facilitate the involvement of relevant stakeholders, including from civil society and the private sector. Pandemic preparedness needs global leadership for a global health system fit for this millennium. To make this commitment a reality, we must be guided by solidarity, fairness, transparency, inclusiveness, and equity. They can't help themselves. They just can't help themselves at the very end with their just ringing off of all of their Marxist words and all their Marxist lingo. They can't help themselves. Diversity, equity, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, uh, these people, I'm telling you what, they're not going to quit. And it's going to be interesting to see who actually intervenes and stops any of this. I think, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to have to be us. It's going to have to be us, guns in hand, on our own property. I know that sounds extreme to some. I know how that sounds. But let's examine just briefly what they're already doing in hospitals. Okay, there's a horrific story on Stu Peters the other day of a father whose wife gave birth and they're not letting them take home their child because they have falsely accused the mother of being a marijuana user. And she isn't a marijuana user. They said she tested positive for marijuana. She did not. And they have essentially kidnapped their brand new newborn baby in the hospital. Also because they're refusing to jab their child with a hepatitis shot. 
They just don't want their child jabbed, period, with anything. But they've essentially kidnapped the baby, and now what they're doing is again calling CPS on the parents. And they have other children. They have two other kids. So they're wep- So we have hospitals weaponizing child protective services against parents and their children because they don't want shots. Again, you can't enter a hospital these days without wearing a mask. There are endless stories, including in the state where I live, where you can't receive medical treatment if your relatives, if your own biological parents aren't jabbed, or if you aren't jabbed. This is the kind of policy that they want to push forth permanently so that you can't receive any kind of health care whatsoever or surgery or whatever, God forbid, you need any of that. Um, and, and then that will just become standard policy. I think we saw a good thing, though, with the first wave of all of this BS rolling down, where you have endless nurses walking away and saying, oh, you want us to take these shots? Well, we're not going to, and we're not wearing the masks anymore either. So we're just going to walk away, try to run your hospital without us. I'm certain that the WHO has a plan to replace those people. We've already seen that. Again, this is an entire scheme to get the morally sound individuals out of these environments because they are purposely being designed to be immoral environments, which means the only people that stick around are the brainwashed, the jabbed, and the immoral. That's, that's it. Hospitals, schools, retail, any line of work you can possibly imagine. It doesn't matter. I've even seen the videos um, you know, back when the masks were, were at their absolute peak insanity. You would walk into a car dealership to buy a car, and you would immediately be pounced on like, fr- uh, like fresh prey. When you would hit the front door, because the car salesman would say, sir, you got to wear a mask, sir, sir, you can't come in here. And they would immediately run up panicking, you know, spraying you down and whatever else if you weren't wearing a mask. If a car salesman can behave that way, what makes anybody believe that someone closer to the medical industry isn't going to force this down everybody's throats yet again? And that leads me, I think, to something else, which is it has to be mentioned and it really is this sort of again inability to wake up but also this just malaise this apathy that exists regarding these shots and and what they're doing to people even the jabbed that even the jabbed are walking around going you know well I should say this even when the jabbed are are well aware that people are dying of the jabs these people are just walking around like well whatever when it's my time, it's my time. They're foreclosing on death, but they won't foreclose on their own lack of knowledge that led them to that frame of mind in the first place. Let me give you one quick example, and then I want to read another, which comes directly from a hospital, which I think is interesting as well. My dad the other day was, told me this, and he was, again, uh, he, he was out by the, by the city dump, and he was dumping just some debris. And one of the guys who works out there is triple jabbed. And he basically just said, I'm not married. I don't have kids, you know, whatever. If it hurts me, it hurts me, whatever. And that was kind of it. 
again, it was just sort of this general malaise as, as he described it to me. And I thought to myself, wow, triple jabbed and doesn't even seem to care. He sounds like he knows that people are being hurt by the shots and that the shots don't work. But he's kind of proud that he's gotten all three. And well, if he dies, he dies. And that's just the way that it is. I got nothing to live for anyway. You know, who cares? I, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that is not a populace that, you know, that's not a civilization that's going to survive. Now, I, I wouldn't say he's in the majority by any stretch, but I just think that that certainly shows a particular swath on the old, uh, on the old jab spectrum, as I've, as I've called it in the past. I, I, again, that's not a good frame of mind. It's certainly not a healthy one anyway. Uh, here, here's another post, and this, again, an, an anonymous post comes from greatawakening.win. I, I screenshotted this and wanted to read it because, again, I think it's remarkably interesting. It says, quote, interesting story from a normie jabbed friend about his MRI. And this leads to something, too, which I'll mention at the end. But anyway, this particular story reads like this. It says, quote, so I was hanging out with a friend who is a centrist but seems to lean left. He knows I'm a conservative, but I don't go deep into politics with him, just that I don't trust the establishment of either party. He knows that I'm unjabbed and never wore a mask. Anyway, he brings up the jab, said he went to get an MRI in his neck area. The, the tech asked him if he was jabbed, then asked when. He told the tech manager, um, he told them in March and April, March or April. Don't know the date. The tech pressed for a date, and he didn't remember. I was thinking that this was leading to a booster question, but not even close. He questioned the tech about why it mattered. The tech said the vaccine is showing up in MRIs, inflammation, and showing past, and showing past the blood-brain barrier. My friend was shocked. He is not getting boosted. Uh, hope he doesn't have complications from his initial doses but glad he is waking up. He started questioning masks and said anyone that still wears one is suspect. He also questioned why they are still pushing the vax even though it does nothing for Omicron. He says the majority of people he knows got Omicron with the vax and without and all had similar symptoms. People are waking up in stages. Waking up doesn't have to mean becoming full awake. Waking up can be simply questioning things for the first time Glad to see it happening. It gives me hope. Unquote. What was interesting about that post is the first comment to that post just said this. Uh, Congratulations, you're awake. Now you're dead. You see, that's the interesting part about all of this. Yeah, a person can wake up to what they've done to themselves. But it's too late. It's too late. They already have it coursing through them. I, I, don't exp I mean, you can't reverse it. I don't, I don't know what they expect to actually learn. I mean, great, they're going to learn maybe to not take a third shot. Good for them. But now what? You know, the other thing, too, that's happening with this is there are a lot of individuals who are getting surgical procedures, and they've been jabbed, and they are not healing. And then they're going back to their doctors, and they're saying, look, you know, my, my surgery here, again, my, my replaced knee, my fixed knee, my fixed hip, whatever it may be, it's not healing the way that, uh, that I thought it would and that you thought it would because normally it heals quickly. And again, the doctor openly testifies and will say, oh, well, you, we've normally seen this particular 
kind of thing, you know, go off without a hitch and there's absolutely no problem and people heal very quickly. But all of a sudden the jabbed aren't healing from other, again, surgeries or procedures that they're having. And no one can seem to figure this out or make the connections. Not to mention, and again, this goes back to last week's episode of uh, The Five Docs on the Critically Thinking channel on Rumble, but Dr. Larry Pilevsky specifically brought this up. And instead of playing the audio, I'm just going to summarize what he said. And he's 100% right. He said, we live in a culture that encourages people to immediately run to the quote-unquote drugstore when they are quote-unquote sick. Again, the shedding of toxic cells is a normal process, in particular for individuals who consistently put poisonous things inside of their body, poisonous fluid, poisonous food, whatever it may be, drugs, you name it. Those individuals are the ones who are likely to become more and more ill over the course of time, and more frequently, I should say. He says the problem with people running to the drugstore and, and eating amphetamines, which is basically what they are, things like DayQuil and NyQuil and all of this other stuff, that when you do that, what you're doing really is you're, you're delaying your innate immune system from operating appropriately, and you're causing your actual body to not get rid of all of the toxic cells that it would normally get rid of, thereby delaying the entire process of you getting over getting rid of toxic cells or getting over being sick, quote unquote. And that actually the best thing that you can do when you have a quote unquote cold is to not take any drugs whatsoever. Now, me personally, and this is just this is just me, this is what I did when I would when I would have a cold of, of some kind. And I, you know, knock on wood, I can't remember the last time I had one. I really can't. It's been a number of years. Um, I would get a cold occasionally when I was a school teacher. But again, I was around a lot of flu people. I was around a lot of flu shot people and all of that stuff. All those kids getting flu shots constantly, small environment, electromagnetism. You've heard me say that before. That's how it, you know, that's how it all spreads from person to person. It's not through coughing and sneezing. That's not what does it. So what I would do when, 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 I, when I became ill or was shedding toxic cells is I would exercise my way through it. I would drink lots of water and I would increase. I was already an avid water drinker, but I would drink way more. I would increase my vitamin C exponentially. I would make sure and get outside as often as I could. I would walk it off and I would exercise my way through it. Vigorous exercise too. So something that might last a week would last maybe just a couple of days, and then that would be it. I wasn't delaying the response of getting rid of toxic cells as a result of taking drugs. I would try to stay away from as many drugs as possible. But um, you know that's that's my suggestion for people if they if they become again sick with a common cold, quote unquote. Uh, but he's right. I mean the, the entire Drug industry is designed to hurt us, not help us. They want your money. And if you pump yourself, your body systems, all of them, with their product, you're really delaying your own innate immune system. 
But again, that's part of the brainwashing. Why? Because it's on television. It's on the radio. It's in textbooks. You, you hear it all of the time. All of the drug commercials, again, that are on television constantly, 75% upwards of all the commercials that are on TV for those that watch television are all drug-related. Not an accident. It's not an accident. But it's just habitual. People, again, they say, oh, they're ill. Well, I'll run to the store and I'll get this. How about you just have a lot of vitamin C on hand? You know, the bulk vitamin C in powder form, the pure stuff, zinc, D3, things of that nature. That's really all you need. And those are natural, that's natural stuff, not this artificial methamphetamine kind of concoction that exists within these drugs that people take to again, you know, to either put them asleep or, or, or keep them awake, whatever it may be. But that's part of it. You know, that, that's part of the brainwashing that, of course, led countless people down the primrose path here to get jabbed and wear a mask and comply and stand on the sticker. And again, if something like this rolls out again, which the WHO wants it to, those people are going to fall right back in line. And that's not going to be a good thing, in particular for us who know what's going on, because we're not going to be able to reach those people. They're already gone. Now, I have a few other jab-related things here, too, and then I want to get into this, again, uh, this council of disinformation or, you know, this board of disinformation government, governance, whatever uh, the fake Biden administration thinks they have planned. Of course, we know that it's probably going to be election-related and they're going to do whatever they have to do to fight that the election wasn't stolen and this, that, and the other. But I think it has a very specific education avenue that has to be brought up. But first of all, regarding a few more jab-related things, um, number one, Moderna is seeking FDA approval for jabs in kids under six years old. So we need to keep that in mind. Number two, remdesivir has now been approved for kids five and younger. So they're going to give that poison to kids who come in with COVID and they say, well, they're having trouble breathing, give them remdesivir and then intubate them. And then, of course, we know what happens after that. The next thing is that they are using PCR tests, which we know are false and faulty and do not test for hardly anything, let alone work. They're using this regarding the bird flu. And they have apparently claimed, the collective they, have apparently claimed that uh, he was either a child or an adult has tested positive for bird flu after giving them a PCR test. So we can see where that's going further down the line. Here's another thing, again, more cognitive dissonance, not to mention they're not going to let this slide. Uh, I mean, well, they have to let this slide, rather, because, again, if they tell the truth, it's not going to work out for anybody. Kirk Herbstreet, the longtime ESPN analyst, has blood clots, at least one, and he was double jabbed a year ago in the month of April. So one year later, he claims that his doctors have detected a blood clot. And now he's not apparently engaging in the NFL broadcast of their NFL draft on ESPN and XYZ. You're never going to hear anybody say it's the shots. And as I brought up in a previous episode, uh, Triple H, the WWE wrestler, was on Stephen A. Smith's show. And they purposely cut out the section where he openly said that 
He understands that people think that it's the shot and that it could have been. His doctors aren't sure and whatever else. There was a clear edit within that video clip where it was evident that that's exactly what they were talking about. But they took that portion out because there's a jump in the conversation. And then they, of course, silenced that entire section. But it was, I mean, it was crystal clear that that's what they were talking about. But again, Kirk Herbstreet, there you go. Perfectly healthy, normal, you know, whatever. And again, here's his tweet from a year ago on April 22nd, 2021. Got my second vaccine today. So thankful to take the next step. Never really looked at the, at the decision any other way other than I just wanted to be vaccinated and feel that freedom. No brainer for me, appreciative for the opportunity. Well, now he has a blood clot. So congratulations, Kurt. How about your children now? Did you jab your kids? See, this is... (laughs) God dang. I'm telling you what. uh, This is some painful stuff. It it doesn't have anything to do with him being a recognizable person. I could give two dams about Kirk Herbstreet. The fact is, is that this right here is what happens when you work for the machine. But what's also interesting is you've had people work for ESPN and leave because they didn't want the shots. Countless people, countless employees, countless people who were TV personalities went, nope, I'm not doing it, I'm leaving. And a lot of them were women who wanted kids. And again, they were saying to themselves last fall, I'm not taking the shots because I want to have kids. It didn't occur to any of these people to look before they leap. Again, looking before you leap is a survivable characteristic. Jumping without a net is not a survivable characteristic. The puppet masters that control these stations, ESPN, ABC, all of them, and of course, they're all one and the same, they're never going to let their employees who have been injured jab injured or whatever, ever allude to any of that in a broadcast. They just won't do it because they can't. They can't have them do it. That that would lead to, well, I don't know what that would lead to, to be honest. I, I really don't. A, a former employee might say, well, now I have a lawsuit. But again, who's going to take up that lawsuit? Who's going to take up that prosecution that you cut this person loose because um, you know, b- because they wouldn't take the jab. Who who's going to actually take up such a case? Even Thomas Rents. Again, bless his heart. He's done a lot of good work. He's uh, he's uncovered a lot of stuff. Even Thomas Rents has thrown his hands up and said, "Well, we just have to elect new people. That's the only way that we can do it." And again, he's this big shot lawyer in Ohio. And he's been on the national stage and lots of stages, awful lot of shows, been a, you know, been a guest on a lot of people's shows. I've even heard him say numerous times recently, we can't prosecute this stuff. They have immunity. Um, we, we just have to elect new people. Well, how's electing new people going? Again, I'm not, I'm not dooming what I, what I'm do, what I am doing here is I'm trying to exhaust every possible avenue. And I'm simply trying to say, what options do people really have? Now, here's a good piece of news, I might add. And again, this is something that 
needs to be consistently brought up, but Tennessee has now approved ivermectin to be sold without a prescription over the counter. That's great. That's great. You want ivermectin? Go to Tennessee. It should be everywhere. I bet it flies off the shelves. I bet the companies that are making ivermectin aren't going to be able to produce it fast enough. Apparently, New Hampshire is doing the exact same thing. Again, the excuses for people to not have ivermectin in their home are running out. They're absolutely running out. Again, you can get the paste, the quote-unquote horse paste, on, um, on Amazon. I have it. I've, I've acquired ivermectin legally uh, numerous places, both through Mexico and, uh, and through the United States. I have plenty on hand. I suggest other people do the exact same. Put a little money aside and, and hang on to it. If for, if for nothing else, certainly for your, for your jabbed family members or your jabbed friends, if they become seriously ill, maybe the ivermectin will have some positive impact on them. But uh, the cover-up continues here. It just continues. It's, it's continuing in, in television and, and the broadcasts. And unfortunately, and this is the next thing I wanted to bring up, it, it's, it's occurring at the university level as well. We've had a number of students over the last few weeks here, die of apparent suicide. And they're calling it apparent suicide before an autopsy is even done. Not to mention, it brings into the question, how many parents are going to pay for an autopsy of their child? It's immediately chalked up as as an apparent suicide by the college or whoever it is that was around the body at the time who made the call, the coroner or somebody else. They're saying, well, they died alone in their bed. It, it must have been a suicide. There's no signs of foul play. And, uh, you know, here's, some, here's a liquor bottle. But, you know, that's not unusual in a, in a college dorm room or uh, a college apartment or whatever. But uh, it's probably a suicide, and there's no underlying cause that we can tell at face value. So that's just what it is. But they're making all of those statements before any autopsy is done. And the number of parents that are believing it is a mile long. Why? Because they are jabbed. Their child is jabbed. Again, a lot of these quote-unquote student-athletes, in particular in the hardest-left states that exist, had to take the jabs in order to play. Jab to play, that's the policy. And then they end up dead, and then it doesn't even cross their minds that it was the jabs. Well, college is hard and this, that, and the other. So here's the particular story I want to read because, again, this sounds hinky to me. This has jab written all over it. And here's why I think it has jab written all over it. It's not just the, the mainstream narrative that is seeking to cover this up. But, and, and again, even, even the writers for, 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 these, for these articles uh, are suspicious to me. But ask yourself when, when I'm done reading this, in particular, just a few days before this individual apparently took their own life, quote unquote, ask yourself whether or not this sounds like someone who is suffering from severe depression. Because again, for those of us who have had it, and I have, uh, you, you don't want to produce anything. You're not, you, you know, you're not very good at the thing that you're doing. You, you don't have the energy. You don't have uh, the wherewithal. You don't have the mind to tackle the, the things that came naturally to you that you were naturally good at. You just don't care. And the word, again, that consistently runs through the mind of a person who has depression is that I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. 
that's what leads to thoughts of suicide and then ultimately the act of one killing oneself. Depression has to be present first. You don't just wake up and go, well, today's the day. I've had enough and I'm going to kill myself today. It, it typically doesn't work like that. It's usually a progressive thing. It's not a snap of the fingers and then it's game over. So here's the, here's the title. James, this comes from NBC of all places, so, you know, not honest. James Madison University softball player Lauren Burnett dies of apparent suicide at 20. The catcher and cleanup hitter for the Dukes was, quote, a high-achieving member of our softball team and a great ambassador of JMU in our athletics program, the school's president said. James Madison University. Uh, the star softball player, Lauren Burnett, who helped the school to its historic run in the Women's College World Series, died of apparent suicide, authorities said Wednesday. Apparent suicide, authorities said. Apparent. It says the death of Burnett, a sophomore character who, uh, catcher, rather, who was third on the Harrisonburg, Virginia school's team in home runs and second in RBIs, was announced Tuesday by JMU President Jonathan Alger. Our hearts are aching and blah, blah, blah. And they go through all of that, you know, it's sad and here's all of our suicide prevention information and this, that, and the other. Now listen to this. Scroll down to the end of the article. It says, we are in the process of conducting a death investigation into the incident and it's currently classified as an apparent suicide. So they've made a determination before they've actually come to a logical conclusion here. And then it says, the official report from the medical examiner's office is pending. And out of respect for her family and friends, there is no other information to release at this time. So the, the cover-up, if there is one here, begins already. Now again, listen to this and ask yourself whether or not this sounds like a person who was suffering from depression. It says, quote, as a freshman last year, Burnett of McDonald, Pennsylvania, started 43 games as the Dukes went 41-4 and four and advanced to the Women's College World Series for the first time in school history. The Dukes won their first two games in Oklahoma City before bowing out to perennial powerhouse and eventual champion Oklahoma. The Dukes are 21-21 this year and last played on Sunday, beating Drexel 11-4 in Philadelphia. Burnett had a banner game going four for four with a home run and two doubles. Now again, I don't know about you, but when I had depression, I didn't go four for four with a homer and two doubles. I didn't care about much of anything, let alone playing on a team with a bunch of people and still being remarkably successful just a few days before I take my own life. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. And I'm not saying that with any disrespect whatsoever. I'm, uh, I'm not buying it. Here's another one again. This, I, I put this one on Gab earlier in the week. Wisconsin athletics community is heartbroken by the unexpected passing of Sarah Schultz. Again, she was a student athlete, um, cross country and track, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I, I don't know her specific story, but they're lumping them together to just make it sound like all of these student athletes are just dropping dead because, well, college is hard. 
and uh, sports are difficult and the competition is tough on the mind and this, that, and the other. I get all of that, and that's a very real thing. But this is too hinky. It's just too hinky. It doesn't make any sense. Again, a person with real depression, typically speaking, um, there are going to be numerous signs. Numerous people are going to be able to, to hear it. They're going to be able to see it. There's going to be a lack of interest, a lack of energy in the things that they were normally energetic about. But um, you're not going to go four for four with a homer and two doubles. So, again, I wouldn't expect any autopsy report to be revealed. If it were honest to begin with, I wouldn't expect it to be revealed to the public. They have to bury this. It's the largest crime that's ever existed, period. This entire jab rollout is the largest crime that's ever existed, and it's scooped up endless minors and endless college students and K-12 students. I pray for these people. I really do. I, I pray for their families. I pray for all of it. I pray for them to wake up and to just stop with the insanity, but damn it. I don't, I, uh, there are just too many people that are too far gone in these situations. And the cover-ups aren't helping. And again, that's why it's one of the largest crimes that's ever occurred. These news outlets are never going to say it. They're never going to reveal the actual facts. So here's the last thing I want to mention. And again, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is all about, it's about vigilance. It's about being aware of what's really going on. That's, that's, the entire, that's the entire point. It's not about negativity. That's, that's not it. It's the vigilant mind that will survive. It's the vigilant mind that will be on point for this kind of stuff and being able to read between the lines here. This comes from, again, the Gateway Pundit, and this has been bouncing around a lot of different places, but it says the Biden regime announces the creation of Disinformation Governance Board under the authority of Homeland Security with a lunatic in charge. Says following Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter last week, which was a triumphant victory in the ongoing war over free speech, easy, easy on that one. Time will tell. I, again, not an Elon Musk fan here. Uh, it says the Biden regime announced the creation of the Disinformation Governance Board, quote unquote, that will be tasked with silencing anything deemed to be misinformation that's related to homeland security. And yes, it's just a dystopian, and it's just as dystopian and creepy as it sounds. It says the new board will operate under the authority of the Department of Homeland Security with a special focus on Russia and irregular migration, according to the Post Millennial. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It continues. It says our Undersecretary for Policy, Rob Silvers, is co chair with our Principal Deputy General Counsel, Jennifer Gaskell in leading a just-recently-constituted misinformation-disinformation governance board. So we're bringing, the goal is, to bring the resources of the department together to address this threat. Continues, it says, the disinformation board will be led by Executive Director Nina Jakowitz, if I'm saying that right, don't care, probably not, who, as Jack Posobiec reveals in a series of tweets, is an anti-free speech crusader and committed member of the radical left. She's even been made she's even made her stance clear about critical issues or crucial issues, rather, like the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop and stolen rigged 2020 election. Unsurprisingly, she's publicly slandered the 2020 election concerns as damaging lies backed by 
uh, backed the proven false claim that the laptop from hell was Russian misinformation, so on and so on and so on. Okay, here's the thing, and here's why I think this has a direct connection to the education profession, if you want to call it that. K-12 educators who are not brainwashed, and there are very few, but they are out there. Same thing with university professors. Some of them are not brainwashed. We have to always keep this in mind, and that is a good thing. But the environment, as I stated even earlier in this episode, is working step-by-step to weed out those people to consistently make a communist environment within every environment to where everybody says and believes the same things all of the time. That's, that's the mission. This right here, the development of this quote-unquote board, is another step in that direction because we've seen the political infiltration and the political overreach that K-12 administrators and higher ed administrators have made over the last two years, more so than in years past. It was bad enough then, but it's worse now. And they know that, and they know that they have that kind of control. This is another avenue for them, I think, to have control in that regard also. For example, if an unbrainwashed teacher or professor starts to talk about the election as being stolen, even as the truth is consistently rolling out. Now, we knew it was stolen way before the election even took place. There were too many online posts. For those of us that read consistently and investigate this kind of stuff, I was reading these posts, again, that were openly stating back in, I think it was at least April of 2020, and then again throughout the summer, that the media is just going to steal the election. They're just going to steal it. They're going to say Joe Biden is the winner. They'll probably say it sooner than they should. It will be false. It won't be real. And they'll just ram it through no matter what. For the people who are unbrainwashed and work within those educational, quote unquote, environments, If they were to bring up anything regarding this, it would give those whack job administrators another reason to get rid of them. That's that's another hidden reason, I think, that that all of this is being rolled out. Because they they as administrators would, and HR departments in particular, would say, Well, the federal government has this board on disinformation. We think you're teaching disinformation, because according to them, the federal government, you're teaching disinformation. Therefore, you're being insubordinate. Therefore, we have to cut you loose. And that creates another avenue and another opening for them to hire another like-minded human being that fits exactly all of the categories that they want. Leftist, you know, check, this box, check, so on and so forth. It's just going to create more bureaucracy which is always going to filter down to the local level, in particular within these, again, quote-unquote, educational environments. It's more ammunition for these whack jobs. That's, that's all that it is. That's not a stretch. That's not my imagination. It's the writing on the wall. I can see it. I've been in the business. Most of us now who even haven't been in the business can see it because hopefully you've seen what these schools are capable of when it comes to your children. And certainly when it comes to silencing those who work within these environments who are telling the truth, they want those people gone at any cost. 
And again, if they can reference a, a federal government board that is, again, quote unquote, going after any, any form of disinformation, again, they can lump it to the 2020 election. That puts history teachers in peril. It puts, frankly, anybody in peril who brings up the truth. But as it's been said in both memes and within numerous tweets and stories, this is your ministry of truth right here. So don't, don't think that it's just going to be limited to something like the 2020 election or Donald Trump really being the president of the United States still or Joe Biden you know, being the fake president. If, if anybody brings those things up, those people's heads are going to be on a chopping block, uh, the, the same as their actual job and employment. Not to mention, for the first time, Spotify flagged uh, a little COVID alert or COVID misinformation banner in between my last two episodes. So when you click on that banner, it takes you right to the CDC's website. And ladies and gentlemen, that right there should tell you that, again, all the episodes that I've done on this particular subject and the connecting subjects, again, straight into American education, uh, they, you know, they're starting to flag these particular episodes or at the very least just toss in a little warning in between. You know, these groups are not our friends. They are just not our friends. So again, big episode there, a lot of information. Keep this in mind going forward. You know, that WHO treaty thing isn't going to take place. Uh, you know, they're apparently not going to be meeting for another month yet, but it's worth mentioning and it's worth bringing up. And I'm sure I'll bring it up again. Uh, in the next month as well. So keep all that information, uh, you know, bouncing around your head. Share it with as many people as you can. Share the episode too, if you can, and you're interested in doing that. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll catch you on Monday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.